2: They finish 13-3, and a 13-win season for the third time in franchise history. I've been dreaming this my whole life. And so have you. Yeah. It's time to put in the work. Yeah. Every
0: man gonna dominate. Right, Offense, defense, special team.
2: Let's go. What are we talking about?
0: Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl.
1: Hey, welcome to Ramp Soccer Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, my co-host, my partner in crime, on a live show. We haven't done a show, period, in forever and a day. Buddy Heads has been carrying the flag for us while I've been out there doing some things. I'm here with Michael Stewart, though, former Los Angeles Rams. Horrible horrible, 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 on a live show to mess that up. Former Los Angeles Rams. What's back, <laughs> Michael Stewart? We're back Come with on vengeance DC. on a Tuesday night live show. I know, like tongue tied, just totally tongue tied. out I guess I'm excited to be back and rolling on the show. It's been a while since we've had the time just to sit down and talk some football. And it's we're talking football. The news coming out in the last couple of days aren't aren't it's not looking too good for football, Mike. It's like it's, it's like well, I think it's safe to ask the question now: Will there be a season? We're talking the season. Baseball starts in two days. And they're doing it in front of no fans. But even in a baseball roster, where you, on a field, you have distance between players, and a football field, 22 dudes in each other's faces, team rosters of 53 men, 46 active usually. I'm thinking it's changed a little bit I think for COVID. But all those things in mind, that's a different animal. And I'm wondering how they're going to do this. What do you think?
2: Yeah, it's it's more than just a wonder. It's uh, it's it's highly, it it would seem highly improbable given all those things you just listed. Uh, you know, as long as social distancing is in order, as long as we don't really have an understanding really about what COVID nineteen really is and how you get it, and and you know the different you know ramifications of if you do. Uh, had a long time driller just found out he just passed away Uh, a gentleman who you know was a great great player in high school uh caught disease his daughter thought it was just okay well you're fine we can just do this at home and the next thing you know in the hospital and I think it was after about 12 or 13 days he's no longer with us so this COVID-19 thing is a real real thing
1: real thing and it's it's carrying its own way i was actually tested today our school did, did testing for us i uh, waiting and see results i know my my antibody test came back negative which is nice i think i'm not sure nice nice i guess um i think the concern across the board now the way it's going across country young and old especially yes. i mean it is, it's it's the younger group now that the people who are out Memorial Day, or during the protests, or out barbecuing, or close, and, and now doing you know whatever it's, it's hitting the youth right now mostly. And in the end, though, is it so contagious that we're going to we're all going to get it anyway? It looks like that's going to be the case. How do you plan for that? I guess I'm going to go right at you, Mike, and, and in your life right now as a head football coach, because this is this isn't just about the Rams or or this is about the sport in general. I mean, High school football feeds into college, and then the pros. Yeah, that's, that's the line. Okay, yeah. you don't just go from yeah. middle school to the NFL. You you are developing as a, as a player right. all the way from youth football to middle school football to to high school football to the to the college level, then to the NFL. What is going on with you at the at the high school level right now in California?
2: Yeah, right now in California. Uh, you know, we have what our, our governing body body for sports is called uh, CIF, uh, and so and they got a northern section and a, cent- a central section and a southern section. And so we're considered central section, and but all the sections in general, all of them, the governing b- bodies from the ten different uh, areas got together last week and decided that we are pushing football back till uh, January, and most of them are going to going to wait. Uh, until first quarter which is around well it's august 9th for us here in uh, kern county and for most other schools it's around that same time so most people are pushing things back to at least first quarter because we're also starting starting distance learning online and so no students on campus at that point in time if they're able to start allowing students back on. They're going to start it with a 25% and see how that goes and things like that. But the thing is, you have all these different precautions that are already in place that if a certain percentage of the school starts to seem to come down, then it shut back down for X number of days. And so that's where the dilemmas come because you don't know what it's going to be like tomorrow, next week, a month from now, four months from now. So best Best case scenario, if we're able to start going after that October, October 9th date, uh, working in small groups, exercising uh, about 10 people in a group, uh, but then you got other things, you're supposed to be same group, same coach, but again, you know, we'll probably field about 70 guys on varsity, but we only have five, five coaches, so how do you... Get all seventy guys, whatever's condition, and get ready for the season, which would kick off in January on uh, January seventh if everything goes well.
1: Yep. No, well, the first thing that popped in my head is, well, wait, 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 January. You know, yeah. we're all freaked out right now that the virus is going is is moving through in the middle of summer. Well, there was some thought, and there was evidence of it. There was some thought that the virus would calm down during the summer, right? And it may have, but you get it, it, the virus dies in the heat, sure, but it still lives for a moment, and it all it takes a moment. So, folks getting too close, and you st- you still get spread. In January, though, it's a bit cooler. And in some places, yeah. it's a lot cooler. Wouldn't that be a worse time if the disease is still around to go out there and play football? And by the way, man, January's. Dead in the middle of basketball season. So, what if you have two sport athletes? What are you doing with that?
2: Yes. So, what they did is they set up set up a calendar. So, most of the fall sports are going to kick off in the January uh, through about April, and then what would have been winter sports they're going to kick off, and summer they're going to kick off around that mid-April to the end the end of June date. So yes, it's going to be a little because one of my coaches we were talking today and we're like okay and we were using our schedule as far as starting in January ending in April and we're we're like man if April ends in June we backed it up to April is like okay well there's going to be guys it's going to be definitely some overlap in there but what they haven't done they haven't technically given the start dates they've just given all the end dates when sports are ending so. Yeah, it's it's a mixed bag of tricks, I'm calling them at this point in time. But you're absolutely right. That's a big concern. What does it look like when it does get colder?
1: And then you think about, you're about moving the winter sports back into April. Well, what if a kid plays basketball and also runs track? Or a kid plays basketball and um, plays baseball? Or a kid wrestles and plays baseball? Right. Or girls, right. girls, basketball and softball? I I don't know how well that goes over. That's the high school level. So let's go ahead and play in in the big money sports now. College sports, high school moves to college football, and we're seeing conferences right now canceling their out of conference games. The Big Ten led the charge on that. Well, I think it was with was it with the Pac twelve or with the SEC one of the two the two conferences and. Right, I'm. I'm. I'm starting to wonder if they do the same thing. I'm wondering if we all do the same thing. Just push them all back and see if if this curve can be flattened out enough that they can just live life. Starting all the seasons, including the pros, like in January. Uh, we, then we talked about. Then we talk about before the idea of possibly splitting up a season. Two ways, you know. Yeah, put, we. You did know, it in, yeah. I'm wondering about all those options. I I have to think that in this case, all these options are on the table. But it hits home, too, because you just mentioned, you know, a a driller's legend losing his life. And we find out the other day that the Whitworth family, the entire Whitworth family, was down with COVID. Uh, Melissa Whitworth's dad was hospitalized for it. Holy crap. That's, that's deep stuff. We hear her talking about how how bad this was. Hear him talking about in his interview, how difficult it was. This is not a joke of a disease. So, all those things in no, mind. Not. Yeah, I mean, Mike, do you know anybody yet who's had it? Outside of the one who passed away?
2: Yeah, uh, a good friend yeah a good friend of mine uh he's also administrator here and minister, uh his wife a good friend i went to school with and we grew up same church uh yeah and so they basically quarantined at home you know and they would set her food at the, the door and they were all masked up but uh she absolutely, she just went back to work last week uh works in the mental health field but yeah so when you're talking to talking about And the crazy thing was, a mutual friend of ours had. This is how it happened. Talked to him on a Tuesday. Uh, That Sunday, through his church online service, he he announced, "Hey, you know, my wife, uh, you know, down." So you figure from from Tuesday to that Sunday, she contacted it, or it became you know prevalent, but you know, four day, five day situation. So that's how and we're like oh my goodness and so uh, you know but she's doing as well as you're supposed to I guess recovering and, and back at work but yeah it was a real scary time because again you just don't know how it's going to affect each individual
1: and that's the thing that is concerning to me is you don't know it, it can hit close um, in the end there is always going to be a risk and I think we have to Ask when it comes to all these sports and all these different institutions, where are you assessing the risk that's involved to the players, to their families, uh to at your level, the high school level, the students, college level, to student athletes, big institutions like Ohio States, sixty thousand people big. That's a lot of people on campus. you got five hundred person classes, obviously they're they gotta do things differently. In those cases, though, when do you assess risk? We're seeing the same thing as teachers right now, right? We're seeing a large move in the teaching community about, wait, wait, what what are we doing with school now? Are we going back? Are we sure we want to do this? Exactly. Exactly. Right.
2: So, So, yeah, I don't know. It it just seems like, you know, a lot of these decisions are somewhat made, made, are being made where the economics are concerned as opposed to you know, life and health health is concerned. So, me and my son, one one of my sons, we were talking last night, and he was just like commenting a lot about wow, it's interesting that the NFL has had since the draft, knowing that something was going up, and it seemed seemed like they really never had or have a plan. And we're just kind of going around and around with all these all these you know scenarios in our own minds and. It's just so interesting that you have these big corporations, if you will, NFL, uh, supposedly should have access to plenty of think tanks and different things. And it just doesn't seem like, any, like anyone has any real planning because no one really wants to do what probably needs to be done is you need, you need to just really shut this stuff down for a limited time. Get everybody on board, do the social distancing, wear a mask if you out all these things. And then we probably really can make a push, but it just seems like now with the spread seem like catching fire and you got resistance on both sides. It's now you just got something that just seems like it could just spiral out of control.
1: Well, I look at it as in it's really hard for people to get up on any plan right now, because let's just be honest from the get go, no one's known what to do. We've had a lot of people wrong from the very highest parts of government down to local levels, and you don't know what to really believe. The data for everything with this disease has been, shall I say, strangely presented. I mean, it's hard to gauge what where you want to go with it, and then it gets political, and people start calling to our names, or, and I think everybody has valid points. In the end, though... We talk about the economics of versus life. I, we can't forget also the economics play a role in life. Like if you don't have the money to pay for your health care or pay for quality food, then you're, the odds of you getting sick are worse. Come so you have, you got to find yeah. that balance. You got to find that balance somewhere. So wh- where's your risk assessment at, you know? And the NFL has to find that out because if they don't, then they, they run the danger of actually being out of the public eye for too long. Yes. And then we're seeing these, these tweets from like Aaron Donald and Jared Goff talking about the NFL, uh, and implying, at least, did you, I don't know if you saw them, implying that they're not doing enough to protect the players. What does the NFL need to do? Yeah, because again, think about it, about it. You see Whitworth
2: or he's your one of your buddies, right? Right, teammate, and you're going like, What? Whit got it? What? His family? It gets real serious at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember being with the Rams when they announced the uh or when Magic Johnson announced having AIDS or the virus, I'm sorry. Uh right, yeah. And and you can imagine the guys in the room are like, what? Magic Johnson, of all people? Oh, my goodness. What does that mean for the rest of us who are out, who are out here, you know, or those guys that are out there doing their, doing their thing? It becomes real serious when someone of, you know, this reputable or star, whatever you want to say, uh, actually comes down with it. So it's just a blessing, man, to see that his family family is able to, to battle back from it but to just see how he got it seemed like something simple oh and then one and then it spread really quick throughout the family that's that's kind of scary
1: that's one thing he noted was how, just how contagious it was and it's worth knowing there are a couple of different strains of the, of the disease and apparently the one going through the US right now is not as deadly as what we've seen in other places but it is quite contagious again baseball starts I- in two days <laughs> I mean it t- starts opening. in two days.
2: The hey. Camps open. But always a question for myself and others are, are who wants to be the person who gets it? I know I don't, you know what I mean? You're used to getting a getting a cold, you're used to, you know, maybe getting a headache and but this thing, nobody's used to getting COVID COVID nineteen, going, oh man, you're just gonna feel a little temperature, you're gonna be gonna be a little sick, you won't have to taste food. No, man, this stuff Attacks your lungs. And again, the information we're getting, you know, now they're saying, oh, well, it's actually, or some stuff I've seen, it's actually blood clots. And that's what's killing people in the lungs. And I'm like, blood clots? Now that's a whole nother situation as well. So, so yeah, a lot of information or misinformation or hiding information, but uh, just causes for a lot of uncertainty.
1: Well, that's the thing is, is, it seems like every day I turn on the news and find out, hey, there's a new symptom. And by the time you go right. through the list of symptoms, you could have anything at this point. Exactly. Come what on, Exactly, right? I, I yeah. mean, but in the end, the NFL has to make a call on how they want to do this. The Rams make the call today that they're going to stop season tickets for this year. They're going to push everything forward to next year. And they're advising that for this year, they will play either games in front of no one or in front of a very limited amount of fans this year. Which, I, I, wish, we, I wish it wasn't the case. I'm not, I don't want to say it's the right decision because I don't know if it's the right decision. Nobody knows. We'd we all love to go to a football well, it's game. it's like you said, yeah, when you talk about the overall
2: economics. Throughout a a football game, when you're talking about the vendors in the stadium, the different uh, employees that are now working at all these, especially with the newer stadiums, uh, at at all these different venues within the stadium, restaurants and all those kind of things, you're talking about a lot of people who aren't getting paid, right? Who usually use those things to either be a second, maybe even a third job, job. to make, up, make ends meet. And so, so it comes down also to what's your ownership power like? You know, maybe a guy like Stan Kroenke, yeah, a year probably won't do too much to his bottom line. You know what I mean? He has other things going on. But what if you're the Rooney family in Pittsburgh? You know, that's kind of your gig. So I don't know. You know, it, there's just a lot of unanswered questions uh, answers or questions out there that, that we don't really have any answers to.
1: Well another thing to think about too is if if they don't play in front of fans, how does this affect the salary cap for 2021? The one of the things we were excited about exactly. with the Rams was they went they I mean they basically fixed their salary cap problems in one year by just pulling the band-aid off some problems. And, and that's not to say Todd Gurley or or Brandon Cooks are problems so to speak as but their their contracts are problems. They pull the band aids off. And they do this mostly to, to to clear roster space, to start clearing out cap space, to come back reloaded. And we, we and you and I, we, we've both been looking at, okay, 2020 is going to be, eh, we'll find out. 2021 really is the year they're building towards. Well, how does this affect the salary cap? We're, we've been expecting the big raise in the salary cap with a new contract going into effect. But, you know, we're seeing reports that the salary cap could actually drop, and not just drop, but drop dramatically. Then what? Yeah, and,
2: and 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 yeah, and then what? And I mean, you would think, well, hey, well, maybe if there's no games or people there, maybe streaming services picks up a lot and makes a lot of money because now you're selling NFL packages and those type of things. Uh, but to your point earlier, does does that bring more people in, or does that send more people away, saying, you know what, no, nah, I'm not paying that. Now a year goes by or something, and maybe now it's starting to look more like the USFL, you know what I mean, or the XFL. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a lot, it's a lot at stake.
1: Yeah, and here you go. Here's just to, just to clarify that this is reported by Ian Rappaport that the NFL could be looking at potentially a drop of at least forty million dollars in the salary cap for next year, depending on how on revenue for this season. The league does want to avoid it. They want to, like, at the very least keep the salary cap flat, the least, or um, at worst. I have to think that that would really change the plans, not just for the Rams, but for a lot of teams. And we, you you mentioned, well, streaming and so on and so forth, but we got, like, 40 million Americans out of work.
2: Right. I mean, right, and 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 maybe in industries. I mean, you think of some of these big. You know, uh, I think I saw was it not Nordstroms, but one of the the big the big companies like that supposedly filing for bankruptcy and and different things. Uh, I think my wife told me cheese, cheesecake factories, but these are like reputable places that you would think, man, you know, don't you guys have a little more staying power? You know, three or four months, but. You know, if you're really that dependent on people coming in your doors and restaurants and so on and so forth, yeah, this thing is is cutting pretty deep. And now with this, you know, some people say it's still the first wave, but I'm gonna call it the second wave or second go round. Uh, now hitting a little deeper because now when you have to shut down the second time, that's when people are like, yeah, you know, we're not gonna be able to keep you on anymore.
1: And then it starts
2: getting really serious,
1: and so that's where we are. The the Rams make the move, the push back to twenty twenty one. The for season tickets, they make the move for you know just to, I guess to prepare us to not have fans in a brand new state of the art stadium. Talk about a buzzkill to build that yeah, beautiful cathedral. And yeah, Nolan, that seems play there. weird.
2: Yeah, that seems... It doesn't seem like that can happen, but it, it looks like it's looking like that.
1: So, I mean, if that's the case, I th- I think more about the point you've made, Mike, over the course of the year that everybody gets a mulligan this year. I mean, I I mean... I have to think for the most part that's. I don't think Jared Goff will get. I still disagree with you on that. I don't think he'll get it well But I you gotta think that if you're not able to play in front of fans, your own fans, and that's you know some teams, Green Bay's a home field advantage with fans in the cold up there. Tell me, I mean, oh for sure, for I sure. Mean, come on, I mean Buffalo, if they get in December, yeah,
2: that's an advantage. New England, I mean, all those teams with their serious bandage. Uh, and just, you know, the aura behind knowing that, yeah, when it gets cold here, we know we probably got at least two or three wins because, again, you just can't really adjust that quick to the climate. And so, uh, yeah, man, I just, it just is going to be pretty interesting all the way around.
1: Think about Seattle. Seattle is always with the Rams do pretty well up there overall, but going to Seattle and winning up there without the quote-unquote legion of right. 12. Right, 12-man, right? It doesn't seem so insurmountable now. I would venture to think that if teams do it right, plan it right, home field advantage may just be gone for the 2020 season, at least to a large degree. Cold-weather fans, cold-weather teams, I think, will, will still have some advantage, obviously. Like, like you just explained, but not being able to play in front of your fans, that, that takes a lot of the edge out of the game for, I would think it would take the edge off for you.
2: Well, you know, I would think of I'm just trying to sit here thinking as you're talking, like when you're playing in different games, some people, you know, me, it was like, hey, you you can feed off the opposing fans. But sometimes once you get going, you don't really you're not so much worried about the fans, except in certain places where it's extremely loud. Saints, a Superdome. Obviously, uh, I haven't been up in Seattle, but when you brag about having a 12th man, it's got to be pretty loud. And so, all those things that, as you know, that could be an advantage for you are now a disadvantage. Can you imagine playing in those places and all you're hearing is the whistle and the ball snapping?
1: I mean, that would be <laughs> like it's like you're in practice, though, right? <laughs> right.
2: So then, are guys really you know taking it seriously, or guys more worried about hey man, don't sneeze over here? Or, you know, just. I don't know. It's just all kinds of things that you know. But maybe we get planned and things just kind of settle down, and and you know, our worst fear is just kind of the unknown. And so maybe it just gets going, and it's like, oh man, we got business as usual.
1: I mean, that's, I mean, geez, that, that's going to be difficult. And and by the way, if that's happening, that I gotta think that we'll see a lot of surprises this year. If, if no one has the home Phil they had before, if you're not playing the way you're used to, you're used to playing it, who knows what happens to the NFL this year? Who knows at all? I mean, we've talked about this before. Just imagine the effect of not having all these mini camps in person and not being able to be in the office, be in team spaces, getting ready for the season. And now you're going to go out there and try and play.
2: Well, you make a great point, Derek, because think of it. Uh, NFL players are quote-unquote creatures of, of habit. Okay, this is the off season. Okay, I'm shutting it down. Okay, right after the Pro Bowl, hey, I'll start kind of training on my own. Okay, March comes. We start training together at the facility. Oh, we got a mini camp in April. Oh, we may have another mini camp in June if it's a new staff, military, voluntary. Oh, we got real camp in July. We got four preseason games or you got one of the games uh, overseas. You may have five. Oh, we start the season in September and so on and so forth. Super Bowl in January. I'm home at Christmas or I'm playing in the playoffs. But now, one, that's all kind of out of whack because you haven't really had an off season you kind of trying to train by yourself so that's going to be questionable how many guys are really putting in the work obviously we've seen people like Brady and different people that post videos and you know a lot of guys know how to do it but there's just a different consistency when you know Okay, we got testing days for whatever. Shuttle run was the Dolphins. You know, we had a shuttle run when we came back from a certain mini camp. So you have all these things that make you a creature of habit. Well, all these things are now totally different or somewhat different. And then you don't have any expectation on what it's going to be like tomorrow. But... Big concern when you have, you know, again, guys on our team talking about, hey, man, you guys aren't doing enough to protect the players. Well, what does that mean? That already means that guys are thinking more about their health than some
1: football. And you got to wonder about that. And, and I also think that in some cases, they might not even think about their own health; they think about their family members' health, their parents' health, the people that they're going to see outside of the the work area. It's not just about them. In many cases, they, these guys are in great health. They're probably thinking, I'll be fine if I get it, but what about my mom and dad? Will I be able to go see them at Thanksgiving? Will, will, will we have to isolate from them because they're at risk? Because I'm I'm playing in, out there in the field with all these other people, and those are concerns. It's not necessarily about yourself. Right, and you, you, uh,
2: good, Derek, you're bringing up a great point. So, I've been on a number of Zoom calls with some of these different co- college coaches and different things like that. Well, a number of college coaches who are like going, you know, uh, Jonathan Franklin at Penn State, uh, I believe the gentleman down at Florida or Florida State, one of them. But uh, they're all going to isolate from their family for the whole year just because. You know, you have different people if they got asthma in your family or whatever. But the thinking is, hey, I'm going to be around, you know, these 120, 25 college students every day that are kind of from all these different sp- parts. And unless you're like, I believe it's Notre Dame, who's able to just pretty much buy a hotel and keep everybody somewhat quarantined. If you don't have those type of dollars or you don't have any way to recoup those dollars, then people are like, well, we can't do this, we can't do that. So, yeah, a lot of these coaches are quarantining from their own families for the whole year just because. They don't want to expose their loved ones to the, the COVID-19 if they get exposed.
1: I mean, that's something we all think about. And this goes back to the very, to the very essence of what I think the key word for this episode of this conversation has been risk. Risk, risk, risk. How much risk is enough? And just another parting thought on this as the NFL tries to work out this policy, and it goes right in hand with us teachers going back to school, is we have had people, the essential quote-unquote workers, the restaurant workers, the the supermarket workers, all these workers, delivery people, the, the truckers, these are... Jeez, the truckers go totally unpraised here and not thought, talked about in the process. I mean, if you're a trucker, you have been going every day and you are on the road for everybody else. They've been risking their health to keep things going while well, many people could alleviate the risk more. Now, those are the kinds of people where we're thinking, okay, wait, wait, wait. We did all this. And we we see these folks who are playing a game are going to school and teaching, working about this risk. And it's a, it's I wonder how the reaction is going to be. There, there's there are several different counter arguments to what I just brought up. I'm just pointing out that they're there, and I'm wondering how the American public responds. Like baseball starting in a couple days. We're going to see see players opt out sooner or later in baseball. You know, Mike Trout's having a kid soon. Not him, but his wife is having a kid for the Angels. At some point, he's going to be gone, and he might decide to stay gone. That's kind of essential, right? But what about other situations like his or not like his? How will fans react? How will the everyday American react? Um, the essential workers who have been putting their lives off the line every single day in, in terms of risk. Not, they're not running out, and they're running out in front of a gunfire in a war or anything, but you are putting right. yourself at risk to exposure to a virus. The more people you talk to, the more risk you are. Right.
2: There's no doubt about it. So Yeah, so again, your your favorite word for tonight and our word is risk and yeah, how much is too little? How much is too much? How much is, okay, it's worth the risk, but then is any risk worth it if you
1: contract it and it it goes really south on you? Yeah. What I think is probably the smartest thing is what we talked about before. If you're talking about the NFL, split the season up in two parts. Be prepared for that. Split up in two parts, um, with bio weeks in between. The, the core, the winter break, like like soccer has a winter break for in um, Premier League. That core December January section there that they're out. Um, is it Premier League? Okay, it's getting late. I'm forgetting which league does that. But my point is this: that crucial time where you expect the next big big peak to hit the next wave to hit, be prepared to take a break then. You know, if the Super Bowl site this year is not flexible on dates, which they probably should be considering, who's doing anything at these stadiums now, then you can rebook everything. At this point you have to play anything by year, but one way to alleviate risk is to is to focus in on, on having your season during time frames When the risk itself by environment is lower. I wonder if they thought about that. Right.
2: Yeah, you know, you would think so, but what if we get to the winter time and it actually helps? What if it was opposite of what they originally thought? Oh, well, it's not really the heat, it's actually the cold that, you know, gets rid of it, you know? And maybe that is because. Less people are out just because of weather. You know what I mean? I don't know, but again, you, you, it's just so hard to predict. And and I just I'm just thinking as you're you're talking is yeah, where is the line? You know, we both were in the education field. You know, my wife, especially a couple of weeks ago, really started looking like, well, you know, honey, what what happens? You know, we have two sons that are in high school as well. You know, well, what happens if you got exposed to it, and you have to quarantine? Like, where do you go do that? Do you go rent a hotel? You know, how does that work? You know, or now with the Whitworth family, as it kind of went through their family, you know, I would imagine by the time they start finding out, like, oh, well, we got exposed. Oh, well, now Such and Such has it. oh, and so that's the thing that to me just keeps coming back to: what happens if? Someone gets exposed because I don't know, I haven't really seen anything that's uh, that I can just really put my hat on as far as the NFL. What are, What are they doing? If someone gets exposed, they're just going to quarantine the individual or the or as a whole team. They well, here's the thing,
1: I mean, let's be honest too. the incubation day. The incubation for this thing is almost two weeks. So you could actually go days and days and days without even knowing you've been exposed because the person who was before you didn't know they were exposed. So right. in that case so, yeah. it's almost you know, in a situation like me, you know, I have a daughter, I have two daughters, four or two, right? Okay, if if I were to be exposed, my, my two daughters are not going to accept me being quarantined from them. They're not right. The, you know, my eldest understands there's a you know a sickness going around, quote unquote. But she's not going to accept it. They're going, you know, they're not going to accept Daddy being in the other room to quarantine from them. They're not going to accept Daddy go have to go to a hotel wherever to be away from them. And a lot of these guys who are NFL players are in the same boat. They're younger than me and parents. And they're going to have young children. These kids are not going to accept that stuff. So they have to think about all these things. And it's kind of stinker. This this sucks that our first episode back winds up being an impact on the NFL and the Rams COVID episode. We would rather be talking about freaking camp, man. I won't be talking about guys who are getting ready to put their pads on, previewing it. You know, get it cracking. Yeah. And instead, we're sitting here contemplating what do we do? And... There is the political ramifications of it as well. We, you know, we, we're not a political show. We're not going to be, but we're seeing right. the powers that be, both at the national, state, and even local level, playing political games with this stuff. And we don't even know what information is real at this point. So it's frustrating as a fan, a sports fan, especially. and you know, frustrating as a man. You guys know that. You know, I lost my full time gig teaching over this thing. You're, I'm one of many, though. I'm not special, and we're still bickering over it. We're still seeing a little direction. It is frustrating to watch. Absolutely frustrating to watch.
2: Man, I totally agree.
1: I feel like I'm kind of ranting this episode.
2: No, no, it's just, you know, I mean, like you said, I mean... We would love to be be talking about real football and real camp and getting ready to start matching up. You know, who we're going to beat up on this year and, you know, opening a new stadium and all, all the things we were anticipating. And then, boom, you get smacked with this this covid thing. And at this point, because it's been a couple it's been months now, but it doesn't seem like any clear direction either way of anything has come about in all these months and all this time. Which, again, again, creates even more uncertainty and can start creating a lot more fear because now as things seem to be getting worse in areas, uh, there's still no clear direction on how to really get out of it. So so put all those things together and it just kind of, yeah, makes a little damper on what we should should be getting ready to enjoy.
1: And hopefully, though, I mean, jeez, hopefully things can change. You know, things calm down pretty quickly during that first wave. When it, and it seemed like things are quiet for almost a month afterwards. And then everything hit the fan. So I would say that in that respect, things change in a heartbeat. There's some, there's some, some reports or numbers are showing that maybe we've hit that peak now in this newest outbreak. And if that's the case, great. And, and we're talking things uh, That are different Well folks That's it I mean I'm sorry I wish we had more To talk about today we, we, and we jumped right into it So we want to make sure we give a shout out to To all of our, our Listeners over the past couple years here um, We did finish our contest Brent Pye is the winner For the, the jersey um, If you could though because Steve is a little goofy, kind of mixed up on the reviewed things, we're still going to get 205-star reviews. So if you're still listening, we really appreciate if you guys out there go to Apple Music, leave a review for you know five stars. And if by chance you are unhappy with our podcast, I want to let us know why, but you still don't want to leave a bad review for whatever reason, you can email us or install at gmail.com. I read all your emails. And I looked at. I'm always wanting your feedback. And especially now as we're Trying to find a way, all of us to stay afloat. Afterwards, we do want to hear from you. The also want let you know you can find us on Twitter at Rams Talk, actually Talk Rams. Where I uh, find me on Twitter at DC Paul. I can find Mike at One Duke Twenty Three. And don't forget where anywhere podcasts can be found. I want to thank the guys over at Butting Heads, Steve and Johnny, for carrying the, the flag for us for the last, you know, for much of the summer with me out job hunting and, and Mike dealing with a crazy situation out there for, um, for the drillers and, and what they're doing at school. So thank you so much, guys, for doing what you've been doing. And by the way, we're picking back up with the tour in the league in the next couple episodes. Also, Clifford Hicks, we did an interview with, with um, actually a football conversation between you two a couple weeks back. And I. it was such a special thing for, for both Mike and for for Clifford that I want to make sure I get a special edit, a special cleanup done before I put that out. So it's there, guys, and we got more stuff coming for you. Mike, any closing thoughts for you today?
2: No, just glad to be back at it and uh, looking forward to some more regularity. And, and man, I'm just excited still. uh, You know, just like one of our kids, they were saying when we were kind of letting them know the update on the latest out here, he said, well, man, finally I get to play in the the winter when it's really cold and it'll be raining. So, you know, they're finding a way to find something positive out out of all of this. And so I think that's what we can do as well. Uh, look for that brighter day, which should be coming sooner than later.
1: And you never know. Maybe we can find a positive finally of having spring football. That doesn't cancel halfway through the season. Just want to throw that out there. Spring football. that's not canceled. That's great. <laughs> there, there you go. All right, folks, we're out of here. We'll see you this weekend. I'm going to have another edition of the tour in the league out. And folks, we're, we're so proud the season. Like, like it's happening. Like it's happening on time. So, We're out of here. We'll see you Sunday.
2: We're out. Whether you're moving in together for the first time, this can be your closet.